There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com motivation from world-class instructors we're gonna pick it up a notch it's the holiday season you might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes from running to cycling to yoga try peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial new members only not available in remote locations see additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial peloton motivation that moves you Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL slash TMASTL podcast network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I am Timothy Michael McKernan sitting across from me in these HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Action Jackson. Jackson, we do a show together. Now, we do TMA from 7 to 10. Yep. Then we do Balloon Party mm. on 101 ESPN from 10 to 11. Indeed. And so we're doing a show together. Again, mm-hmm. even though we just got done doing the show on 101 ESPN a half hour ago, 33 minutes ago. But does this feel different to you? Yeah, yeah. Tell me why. I have total freedom to talk with how I want to talk. And uh, What do you want to say then? Get something off your chest here. Because I've got a question that I think I'm going to go. It was sent in here within the last 15 minutes, by the way, uh-huh. from one of, I think, your favorites. Okay. And I have a feeling it's going to own QFDA today. But you get something off your chest. I want Tell me what's going on with you. Oh, what man. can't you say on 101 ESPN that you can say here? Well, it's more so, it's less about the medium. Well, I guess it would be the medium. Uh, rec- when you're talking recorded instead of talking live, it's a lot more freeing. You know, you don't, you can... Obviously... But do you feel restrained when you're on TMA from 7 to 10? Uh, no, TMA is mm. TMA is more similar to mm. this than Balloon Party. Do I have to, to read this. your statement you just said moments ago back to you, like we're in a courtroom? Well, no, like you're the was that, a stenographer. Uh, right. No, no, I just I, some about being in here and just the recording happening. I'm trying to think of something to get off my chest. What do you uh, got? I know you were on a mission in Colombia last week, and I'm just curious how that went. Successful. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, look at you, kind of <laughs> cocky, too. <laughs> I just know what you're saying. It without, yeah, just honesty and me. Wow. Successful. Where did you meet your friend? Or had you uh, known your friend before? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. This is oh. a girl. Well, still, still, I'm counting as a success, chalking it up. Uh, had you engaged before? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, then, I mean, yeah. Successful. Nothing right. really, nothing Still titillating. in school? Uh, graduated now. Just graduated. What is uh, she doing? Looking okay. for a job. You don't want to get too specific because you know I, she's a listener of the pod. <laughs> that I'm not concerned about. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know what she does. But uh, she's cool. Very cool. And anytime I'm in Did Columbia. you need 48 hours? Uh, no, that wasn't on the table, um, which I, everyone I'm, everyone involved seems to be happy with. Most of oh, all, including me. We're bragging me. about our prowess. Yeah, just, you know, how it is. But I guess that is what I have to get off my chest. Oh, for, what do like, we got? This is good. Not, no, it's not. No, it's not about that. It's just that. Now every weekend, I'm pretty much up for like a ne- next couple of weeks. I'm out of town. Well, so you're gonna be getting ass left and right, Jack. Mm, not this weekend. This weekend's a golf trip to the Ozarks. Um, you're gonna ne- get Gareth's ass. Gareth will not. Gareth will be there in two weeks. 
you'll get them then. That's yeah, that's when I'll take them down. Um, but this next weekend, so this upcoming weekend, I'm in the Ozarks. Following weekend, I guess that's Memorial Day weekend. I will be in STL, and then the weekend after that, back to the Ozarks with all my college. Notice friends. you've strategically skipped the Lake of the Ozarks on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, take. I, I'll give you three guesses to guess why I'm not going there during that. I don't think I need three. Yeah, it's probably you, you got it. And um, so I will be. I'll be off Friday, June third. Uh oh, how do yeah. you feel about that? It'll be. It'll, I'm confident. You got you got nothing but four day weeks coming up here. I know. God, isn't that so? Memorial Day we're off too. Wow. Oh my God. I didn't think about that. Because TMA and we'll be off from balloon party on Monday. On Monday. By the way, uh-huh. let me ask you this. Sure. And then we'll get back to you, pleasing women in mid Missouri. That's right. Yep. But uh, when they they said we were doing, we have as Jackson and I are recording this edition of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. It is. Wednesday, May 18th, 2022, on the day of the TMA Live at Maggie O'Brien's in Sunset Hills. And I know many of you will listen to this the day it is released. Um, and then some of you listen to it in the ensuing days. We uh, are doing six shows this week. Yeah. And because the people here at Hubbard Radio are fair, uh, they're like, okay, then you can get a floating day off. And so... I thought, well, then why don't we just take a three-day weekend mm-hmm. of the weekend after the dotum? Yeah. If I could go back, and this is a question that isn't necessarily TMA cast deus specific. If I could go back, would the better play have been to keep it where it is, which is Monday, May 23rd, where we all be off, or move it, do the show, do Balloon Party on Monday, May 23rd, but then take off Friday, May 27th, so we have a four-day weekend. Mm, uh, I like how it is. Do you? Yeah. Right. I'd, ra- I'd rather have two three-day weekends than one four-day Okay. Weekend. All right. Fair enough. Now, I can tell you, if I were back in my pre-two-child life and certainly my pre-children life, uh-huh. Anna Marie and I spent, I think, God, every year, man— 2009, and I think she even when she was pregnant in 2017, every year, Memorial Day weekend, and maybe even every year, 4th of July weekend, dead serious, both weekends in Las Vegas, mm. because I would be playing in the World Series of Poker most oh, yeah, of those yeah. weekends. So I'd play in one of the smaller events early on, $1,500 buy-in, um, and then come back for the main event, which was usually around 4th of July. Yeah. And we would stay there for real for like... I don't say weeks at a time, but 10 to 14 days. Yeah, I feel like when I first started listening to the show, I think you were like, you were just about to go and you were gone for like a week or two. Oh, God. And you think about it now, and it's probably difficult with how the Vegas time zone works, but you think about it now, you could probably, like, you wouldn't have to take off. You could probably do the show. Yeah, you're, you're right. It is, you're, and you're also right with regards to the time thing. It'd be really it, early or just. But the really thing late. is, when we would go out there, it depends. But if I were playing poker, we would go to bed early. We'd go to a nice dinner, yeah, yeah. but we would go to bed early. Yeah, and it would be so weird. Like, we'd be watching TV in bed at 9 o'clock, and I'm yeah. sure people would be like, what in the fuck? <laughs> and these people, you know, she was in her 20s, and I'm in my 30s, and no kids. And now, to think that that was our life five years ago mm-hmm. and was our life for like a decade is so, it's like I can't believe I lived that life and I didn't appreciate it as much as I did. I think I appreciated it, but now I think I appreciate how great that ability to do that 
was. And I recall, and I didn't get like hate on it and I'm from friends, not talking necessarily about listeners, but from friends, I just remember they were just kind of like, what the fuck do you do? I think they might have <laughs> been like suspicious, if anything. Like, how are you able to, to do this shit? Uh, but God, that was the fucking greatest. Oh, I would do anything, Jackson. Uh-huh. I want you to hear this, and I yeah. want you to know this. Not necessarily because, like you, where you're talking about bringing women to orgasm all over the area. This isn't a brag. I want you at 24, I want you to Robin Williams, Dead Poets Society. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Maximize it. You're doing the right thing, not going to the lake on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's a shrewd veteran move. <laughs> but, you know, go to, of course, in, I'm sure in Las Vegas, they're like, oh, fuck, Memorial Day weekend here, like Orange County, the bad parts of the yeah. world empty out. And it yeah. is a scene. Like, we would get there on Wednesday or Thursday and kind of enjoy it. And then by Thursday night, Friday afternoon, it's like, oh, boy, this yeah. is this is a situation here. Like the Hamptons with uh, any It's the opposite weekends. of the Hamptons. Well, <laughs> in the sense that it, like, fills up with all sorts yes. of people on yeah. It's all of weekends. L.A. comes up. Right, and, just like all of New York would go. Right, Hamptons. right. And so I would do – so taking myself back, that just shows how um, – how far away that is, even though it's only a few years removed, how far away I'm removed from even thinking about Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. But for us, 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, every year, Memorial Day weekend, we would go out there and spend a good amount of time out there. Oh, it was the greatest. And then I'd be depressed coming home, and then I'd be like, oh, at least in a month I'll be back, and then I'll be able to play in the World Series Poker main event. And yeah, yeah. God. Fuck. <laughs> it's over. It's never coming back. It's ne- it's like my hair. It's gone. It's yep. gone. It's never coming back. Yeah. And that makes me sad. But I like what I have done with you. You're my project. Yeah. Do you know yeah. that? Do you know your parents emailed me? Yes. My dad talked to me about it. Do you, are you comfortable with that? Yeah, I told him that was... I thought okay. I, he, he read it to me. You didn't said, tell him to email me. No. No. I would look at you a lot differently. Yeah, that would be weird. Yeah. Uh, no. He just told me and read it to me. Like, for the record, what I'm, we're talking about, because Jackson and I were talking about the audience, is to, to thank me, I guess, for lack of a better term which was unnecessary. Fuck, if anything, I feel like I, I need to thank you um, because I don't think we would have, I don't, it, I, you've, you've played a large role in the, this transition mm-hmm. for real. Huge role, large roles, understating it um, with a lot of the business stuff that right. oftentimes, you know, I would be handling and mm-hmm. now somebody else can handle it in addition to me. So with that said, I'm, I'm grateful. And that's what I said to your father and yep. your mom was on the email as well. Yeah. First class on their part. But, he said in the email of how, um, you know, mentoring. And I said, I actually pride myself on that, but not necessarily because, oh, look at me. I'm mentoring because I, if you do stay in this industry, uh-huh. and I have no idea what this industry will look like by the time in 21 years when you're 45, <laughs> yeah. uh, th- that you now know or are learning some of the things that I didn't know when I started and right. what I wouldn't do to know those things when right. I was 23 or 24. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I can play a role in creating this invincible broadcast gangster. <laughs> that would be, that, that might I, be my new Tinder profile. Oh my God. I mean, it's like, because once you kind of know how to play the game, 
game gets a lot easier. Oh my god! Yeah, no, it's and I try That's to be. The thing. I try to be a sponge as much as I can and absorb information like that. Yeah, so. I mean, you're around Doug, who, from my standpoint, yeah. not necessarily, and Doug would be the first one to say it, on the business side, doesn't get into it, but uh, from the way he carries himself, right? That would be right. That would be the thing that. I, I sit across from Doug, and I guess he's 21 years older than me. So we got our we got yeah. our 21 year gaps here, uh, and he I guess you know I think I'm probably closer to his um, even keel when right. it comes to it. But mine is I am fighting a battle to not say shit. Right, 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 right. And so I am internalizing it, which might actually be damaging, but it's like the only way to, back yeah. in the day, to not let situations get public or people get fired or whatever the case might be, self-furloughs. Uh, Doug's just like, yeah, I just don't really give a shit. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God, that's the fucking greatest. Yeah, there, there's a sense of jealousy. Like, oh, I am so, I am so, you know, I am. Right. Uh, that is what I look at. And it's not something you can... Like, I can teach you things. Right. Like, I can say sales is important. Get a financial advisor. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503. Go online at evergreenstl.com. And he really is a great guy. He is the guy. Yeah. Um, and I love that. And I say that to any 24-year-old. That 30-year-old doesn't fucking matter. 24 or 40-year-old. Doesn't right. matter. You got to have a financial advisor. Big time. That is something. That is my biggest regret, I would say. But you can't train somebody to have the personality i'm not talking about like his amusing comedic timing that's yeah. great yeah that's almost unteachable but the ability he has to i don't even want to say not care but just not like when he says he's olympic caliber sleeper i'm going i, I bet you are <laughs> yeah because you just well, nothing yeah. yeah let goes he let goes of things he can't control that is incredible but then doug if he were sitting here or if it were just you and him talking he would say it has probably cost him in some respects that he didn't do this or that right. because he kind of had a more laissez-faire approach. Sure, sure. So it just depends. I guess the grass is always greener. Yeah. But I, I look at that, and I'm just like, that's why. You want to you want a reason why in this business, and it'll never happen again. It's kind of like uh, the Lou Gehrig, Cal Ripken thing. Uh-huh. It didn't happen again. Uh Somebody is at one television station and essentially with one radio show. I mean, I realize we've been on 3,000 stations, but one radio show for one radio show for 15 years and September will be 15 years for Doug with TMA. And he was with KMOV from 87 or 88 until 21. Yeah. Uh, That is unheard of. It really is. It truly is. Right. That kind of run. And then you go, well, what? What is it? And I'm going, you can't. But that's the thing. Were you in there when Michelle Smallman was asking me if I was superstitious? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, I'm OCD, which Uh then plays a role into superstitious, which I think is kind of what OCD is in a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like somehow I can rationalize uh, like religion. Well, that's irrational to me. But, you know, having to touch the door twice, well, that fucking makes all the sense (laughs) in the world. I mean, fuck me. What a hypocrite. Um, And I go, yeah. I said, I'm fucking crazy. Uh and she goes, yeah, I guess we all kind of are to get into this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. So, that's, that's accurate, yeah. yeah. Trust me, I'm, I'm absolutely batshit. Um, so, yeah, that uh, I don't know how we got onto it from you uh, pleasuring women in mid-Missouri right. to and my envy of Doug. <laughs> yeah, well. It, we're back to the Adderall sessions. We're back right. to our sweet spot. God, it feels good. It um, does feel good. So, yeah, so I'll be in Ozarks. Friday, June 3rd through that weekend. And you're oh planning God. on just banging away. Just jackhammering. No pleasure for her. All for you. Yep. 
and then roll over and light up a dart. Yeah, and tell Gareth to beat it because I'm <laughs> taking the room. Um, but Friday, June 3rd, I'll be off. That'll be the first day I will listen to TMA while not being having a microphone in front of my face. Okay, now I got to... I got to see if I need to three bet this. It takes me back. And this is how I'll play in the World Series of Poker. This year. Will you really listen to the show? Yes, 100%. You really will. Yeah. I swear to you, I have never, ever, and we're going on, uh, it'll be 18 years in July this show's existed, ever listened to a full show since starting it without being like when I'm on vacation or something. I'm just, it's not. And like Doug will say it, and there's not a doubt oh, yeah. in my mind I he has it either. No, there's no doubt. In, in a way, another thing that I'll find, and I'll be curious if you find this, because I'm not sure you will. You might have the the intent here saying uh-huh. you will, but I, it doesn't even cross my mind. Sure. And then we'll be, sometimes we go into the airport, and, uh, and Anna Marie's dad oftentimes is so kind. God, he's superhuman, and he'll drop us off if we have a flight that morning. Mm-hmm. And then I'll turn it on. I go, oh, yeah, there's Jim Hayes. And I go, oh, fuck, that's the show. So I say, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you don't even recognize I'm just, it. I'm so far from, yeah. you know, it's far from my mind, you know, and I'm just like, you know, I just, there, there's, there's, there it is. So that, I, that's what I recall thinking. Well, we'll be driving up to the Ozarks, so. You say up to the Ozarks. Should you say down to the Ozarks? Down to, I'll just say to. Mm. We'll be driving to the mm. Ozarks. And, uh, you know, it's a longer drive, so I'll. I have to listen to something, and might as well listen to my boys. I'll tell you my re- recommendation. Have you started listening to the Mickelson book? Uh uh-uh. uh Like I'm looking forward to getting back into my car. <laughs> yeah, that's the best when you find, yeah. whether it be a podcast or audio, that like you can't wait to get am, back yeah. to listening to. That's what I was saying to you about that HBO book, which I thought you might be into. I, I would be into it. I just I said it was a thousand pages. Like I can't. I can. Barely I started take down listening to it, and I when I have a Peloton, you know, which apparently at one point was a brag, and now it's like a joke. <laughs> right. But I mean, you know, when it's the weather that it is here during the winter, yeah, and I, I, I used to lift, and those days are over, at least lifting upper body with my now infamous slap tear in my shoulder, uh, that would be how I would burn calories. Now I could burn calories like crazy, walking and playing golf and practicing and so on and so forth. And I'll turn it on, and I'm like, God, I gotta fucking turn this thing on. I gotta, it's like, okay, what happened in the boardroom at HBO? I thought I was gonna be hearing about the Sopranos and Larry right, Sanders like the show. Behind the scenes story. Right, and it shows. is, but it's, it's it, at least to this point, it is way more about, and it's not, and it's people you don't necessarily know. I'm right. just really surprised by it because James Andrew Miller is kind of like this He's, gangster when it comes yeah, to this profiled shit. Profiled so many. I mean, his apparently is Saturday Night Live, ESPN. ESPN. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it'll get, I'm, but I'm kind of bailing on it. And yeah. I'm, I'm certainly on the Mickelson book. So anyway, that's what I got going on. All right. HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Ryan Kelly, refinance with him. Buy a home with him. I know you are not uh, looking to buy a home, Jackson, but I no. bet uh, a lot of our listeners are. Mm-hmm. What I have seen this year uh, is is stunning is is an understatement. It is bizarre uh, with what is going on, and I just it is the supply is not there, but the demand is, and you know what that means. So. If you are going to be buying a home, you already probably know this, but if you don't, now you will, you are going to be in a competition, and you got to make sure you are pre-approved. And that just is kind of it, because uh, you are going to be up against people paying above the list price, most likely. you got to be pre-approved. Get pre-approved with HomeLoanExpert.com. That is Ryan Kelly. I got pre-approved with him last year, and it was so easy to do. I thought, man, why wouldn't everybody do this? Well, everybody probably doesn't know it's really easy. And then once you do, you would 
Say exactly what I say. you got to get pre-approved, especially with this home market. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. Once you get pre-approved, get your insurance with James Carlton at the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. 314-961-4800 or go online at CarltonInsurance.net. James Carlton and his uh, Webster Groves, he's a state farm agent, and he was on board with this podcast from the very beginning. And Jackson tells me we are recording like episode 495 or something. I think this is 494. 494. Yeah. I'll do something for episode 500. I just don't know what the fuck we'll do. Yeah, I'm trying to... Th- I'm, I'm, I'll, let me, uh, I'll let it marinate in my head for a little bit. I'm going to think about what we should do. Like, I will... The thing is, like, I'll tell a story that I've never told before, but I really feel like... I don't know if I can ever tell these until, like, right. a while from now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You can read between the lines on that. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. For example, here's a little... Here's a little taste. A Ooh, little, little tidbit. Taste. little taste. This is this is now. This is what you get when you when you listen to this this program. You get Absolutely. little tastes. Yeah. As you know, Stephen Wildwood bought or was coerced to buy <laughs> a sound story of Iggy being interviewed by Learn, mysoundstory.com. It's the bee's knees for Father's Day. Um, all right, and. I listened to it. It's the first one that Learn did. Learn, Doug, and myself are all available for sound stories. Uh, perfect Father's Day gift. Absolutely. And it didn't surprise me because I think the world of Learn, um, and, and I've never heard Doug do one, but I don't have a doubt in my mind. He's awesome. He at kills it. It's it. Just, yeah, I mean, it's just because it, it's, it's holding the conversation. Right. And Learn was great interviewing Iggy, no surprise. And um, there was a. Part of that interview where Iggy kind of got, and he didn't even get that deep into the weeds mm-hmm. on some of the stuff that we experienced over the last handful of years. You, on your own, by the way, edited that out and then edited another part out that no one would have any reason to know about, nor is it all that titillating to anybody on the outside looking in. Right. Point being, but it was absolutely the right thing to do on your part. With regards to the KFNS part, Steve, because he bought it, uh, texted me, I believe, Stephen Wildwood, and he said, I had no idea about this, that, and this and that with, with KFNS. And I go, oh. Said, doesn't even, we're scratching yeah, the surface. I said, You're, yeah, I said, Iggy really didn't even go into it. And he goes, well, you guys ought to get, bring Gangster Pete back for a podcast, and you all can. I said, well, no. I said, it's just not the, it's just not yeah. the way that it works. Uh, it's not the way that we have operated and you know one of the things when I look at Doug and I go how has he survived you know or did survive as long as he did at KMOV and uh, you know 15 years with this show uh, I think whenever the epitaph is written on this show one of the things that should be talked about and maybe it will be and maybe it won't be is the ability of the people on it not just me um nearly everyone who has ever been on it uh, to not lose their shit when there would be some adversity and to somehow compartmentalize it and the audience had no idea that it was even going on. And this is not limited to the last couple of years. This is, this, you can take your pick, really. You can, you can go back to near the very beginning in 2004. So uh, that is a, I don't know if that's necessarily a skill. That's just something that you have to, you know, yeah, have and yeah. and so and so here's Stephen Wildwood, a guy who's one of the more I don't know well-known listeners, I think, active listeners, and he goes, "I had no idea," and I go, "Yeah, but nobody does. The guys in the show do, mm-hmm. but 
Nobody does. Right. And if anything, I think there's a chance that some of the people at KFNS thought some things because I think they were t- perhaps told things in order to, you know, frame things a certain way. Uh-huh. But we weren't, you know, we weren't running for office. We kind of knew we were running. We were just running away. And so that's that's what, you know, th- so there was no need to ever engage in it. We just had to survive. And we knew December 31st, 2021 was the magic date. But, yeah, um, that is, there has obviously been a ridiculous amount of um, talent on the show uh, over the years. And also, um, perhaps maybe the most important ingredient, a lack of self-awareness, or perhaps just not giving a shit about saying things that otherwise would get you in trouble. Um, That's probably important. But uh, yeah, that's that that's that that's the one that I think uh, that that stands out to me. That I don't know whether whenever the time comes um, that I think would would need to be addressed. And so it was interesting to me for a guy who listens as much as he does and as active as he is to say I had no idea. Right. And I'm going, man. And Iggy didn't even Iggy talked for like I don't even know maybe sixty seconds and didn't even go into detail. No, no details really. Just kind of stuff that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, and you were only there for one year of it, but you still, you know. Yeah, I, you know. I, I saw it probably a lot differently than you guys did, but hearing stories is, uh, and and then putting pieces together is is a good way of doing it. So def- definitely better for my mental state doing yeah. it that way than experiencing it live. But if uh, Stephen Wilde would, uh, if you wanted to partner with uh, what Stephen Wilde would did, uh, get a sound story for Father's Day. Perfect gift. Absolutely perfect gift. MySoundStory.com is where you can get a, get a gift certificate and you're done with Father's Day shopping. Plus, you now will have a gift that uh, your father will love and your family will love because you will have his story in his words, his life story in his words, whether it be interviewed by me, Doug, Learn. Forever, you come into the studio here at Hubbard Radio in Creve Coeur, Missouri, and that's where we do it, and that's where you get it taken care of, and you have it forever. MySoundStory.com. All right, Jackson, I saw this come in from, let's see, Alan Dadeville. Do you know Alan Dadeville? Yes. That's what I thought. Yep. I get Alan Dadeville and Flip Wilson confused. Ah, both great guys. All right. I recently met Flip because he was involved in the Fan Page yep. Club Championship presented yep. by Michelob Ultra. Alan Dadeville sent this one. This is going to get me going. It might get you going, too, because cool. I think you might be looking at it from a different point of view. Hey, boys. Uh, Bailey's allowed me to catch about five minutes of the Cardinals game last night and not recognizing about half the names on the back of the jersey somehow got me thinking about Joe Strauss, specifically how the last five, six years of decisions the team has made would have been covered by Joe and how he would have stirred the hashtag BFibs and comment section dwellers. Boy, do I miss that. I enjoy a good deep dive. So, can you go deep on your relationship with Joe? Past conversations, anecdotes, etc. Didn't he once say on the show that he was planning to write a book on the 2011 team? I always enjoyed his views on the city of St. Louis, too, when he gave a take. It was credible, and he truly believed it. I love listening to his past appearances on the show from time to time. The hashtag Our Town Swopes Pins is one of my favorites. The man was truly taken too soon. Yours and Anna Marie's relationship with Alexis, that's Joe's daughter, in the wake of Joe's passing, appears from the outside to be pretty special as well. Tip of the cap there, she seems more put together in early 20s than I ever will be. We all miss Joe. Hashtag our town forever. 
as well as hashtag balloon party, hashtag developing, hashtag Truman down, hashtag cup crazy, hashtag Hooterville, my favorite. That was a good one. Hashtag rights holder, <laughs> hashtag pee pee talk, and hashtag free money. See you fellas Friday. That's Alan Dadeville. That email put me in a good place yeah. because it made me think of all of those hashtags. <laughs> and I, as I was going through them, it just made, yeah, like, I think the thing. So, what is when I when I read that, uh-huh. you because your mother worked at the Post Dispatch, yeah. you were at the very least aware of uh-huh. Joe more so than somebody who would just be coming into TMA. Right. Yeah. And she, you know, she left in '07 from the Post, so she knew. And you know, they'd been there about five or six years. Yeah. Then. And my mom was in the everyday section. She was the editor of the everyday section. So sports guys she, like, knew but wasn't, you know, as close to them as movie critics, food critics, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but she always spoke highly of Joe. She liked Joe a lot. Uh, knew he had, like, an outsider perspective, which she appreciated because she, being from New York, has an outsider perspective yeah. on St. Louis. So she appreciated that about him and always spoke highly of him, always said he was a great guy. And so I knew about him a little bit before I started listening to TMA. And then every time he would come on TMA, it was like, you know, and it's not like a shot at any beat writer or anybody, but you could just tell that like his opinion and his how he spoke was different than anyone else. Like he was just honest and wasn't messing around. And what I really loved about him was the first second he would come on because it was probably coming <laughs> off the heels of some nonsense. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh boy, I'd sit on hold for that." And it was just. I always really, really I really like I honestly want to feel like go back and listen to that now I'll go back and listen <laughs> yeah, to the show that now this will be the first time I do it there you go. um yeah I mean as I'm reading those hashtags many of which I forgot um our town some of the drops balloon are party developing what do you say that Maddie mock was the Columbia Bieber <laughs> that's I mean that's outstanding <laughs> rights holder merit badge. Uh, I mean the last story he covered was the hunger strike with the 2015 Missouri team. Uh And he was, I I feel like investigating is too strong of a word, but, you know, uh, Alan Dadeville, right? This is not Flip Wilson, Alan Dadeville. Uh, You say you like a good deep dive. You would have gotten it there with that. That's what he was working on. That's Mm -hmm. what he was down in Columbia. Yeah. Um, Outside of the hospital, that might have been like one of our last phone calls. Um. But yeah, I, 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 that's where I met Ben Fredrickson. Actually, was in mm. Joe's, ho- uh, not hotel, hospital room. Um, never realizing that Ben, you know, would become yeah. really essentially uh, replacing Joe. So for that story, significant story, mm-hmm. significant story. I feel like so many things have happened since then that its significance can fall by the wayside. Um, and I would talk about it as significant from a, a couple of different angles. Uh, well, not just a couple. I would say actually more than that um, with regards to that moment in Missouri football and then the way it was portrayed in some corners and portrayed in others and then Gary Pinkle and the legacy and its impact on the program for a few years and so on and so forth. Um, what was real, what was not real. And then you have um, the next year is... Uh, the Rams thing, yeah, you know, uh-huh. and for him not to be able to be around for that, yeah, 
was a travesty. He and Brian Burwell were on that. Um, I'm sure a number of you have read the Post-Dispatch story on um, the emails that just came out. Um, as Jackson and I are talking, it came out five days ago. Uh, and I recall they were doing, is Over Under on Washington Avenue still around? Oh, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, shows how much I'm <laughs> down there now. They were doing a remote from there. And uh, I loved the spicy chicken sandwich there. And I recall they were giddy, for lack of a better term. Tony LaRusso were giddy. <laughs> uh, before, about two minutes before they are about to do their show. And I go, what the hell's going on? And they really didn't want to say anything, even though I guess by definition they worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, you know, they put their journalistic integrity at the forefront. And uh, I recall it was something along the lines, let's just say... The people who have been saying that there's no reason to think the Rams are going to move are about to have a rough day mm. because they had information that Kroenke had just bought that land. Yeah, they had it first. Uh-huh. Um, that's this is Brian and Joe. Yeah, that relationship was incredibly special. Uh-huh. Brian Burwell and Joe Strauss, both of them were great people. Um, Brian, I think you could probably tell was a great guy. Yeah. Um, Joe, I think you had to get to know to know he was a great guy. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it depends on what your definition of a great guy is. Um, but if Joe told you something, he meant it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Joe would privately, not looking for attention on social media, for example, do kind things or go out of his way to help. Um but didn't like do it in a way that I feel like is kind of common now, which is, oh, what a great guy, or wow, she's such a fine lady because, you know, she attention hoard on social media about what she just did for people, you know, which to me is not necessarily charity, although the ends justifies the means. Joe was my kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and, And then when he passed away, Jackson, I felt like it was in part my responsibility, and maybe some other people felt this way, our responsibility to let people know how great of a guy he was. Right. Because he was such a, you know, low-key great guy that I wanted people to know, you know, who he was. That To not get caught up on disagreeing with his sports opinions and then therefore or the way he conducted himself on Twitter, yeah, and then go, he must be a shitty guy. Right, which is happens often. People make their personalities solely based on what they hear and read. Right, and that is, you know, he was just, he was just really a good guy. I also knew at the time, I think Alexis was 17 or 18. Uh-huh. I knew she was, I'm virtually certain she was a senior in high school. Um... And I wanted that, that, that's who I was thinking of. And I didn't really have a close relationship with her. I recall probably less than a week before he died, um, we were at the hospital. I had never met her. And Diana, his wife, I think, asked me to take Alexis back to their home in Glendale. Uh-huh. And I said, I'll be happy to do it. And she's crying yeah. because, you know, it's, the situation is not... Right. It's not. It's not going uh-huh. well, and nor is it going to likely turn around. And then she's aware of that. And I said to her, kind of how I 
say to anybody, and I, I don't know, I don't know if this is awkward or if people appreciate it or not. Uh, so listen, you don't know me, and if you don't want to talk, you, I'm not going to make small talk. Right. If you want to talk, though, we'll talk about anything. Yeah. And that's how our relationship, she's told that story before, that she appreciated that. Um, and, and what Alan Dadeville, who I continue to want to call Flip Wilson for some <laughs> reason, uh, talked about with our relationship with her, um, that's, I mean, you know, I, that's kind of you to say. What I will say is you're 100% right about Alexis. And I don't know if she wants me to say this or not, because we were texting a couple weeks ago. What she is doing with her life and what what she is about to embark on, I don't, I, I by virtue of association, not by virtue of my own experience or accomplishments, it will, whenever we can talk about it, it will floor people. I'm, when she was texting me about it, I'm going, you gotta be kidding. I don't know anybody who has what you have going on. And she has done this in the face of people, of course, know about her father passing away, but, you know, she's lost a number of people close to her over the last few years. You know, her dad died six, seven years ago. Um, yeah, it'll be seven years mm-hmm. in December. December. Yeah. Um, but she's lost a number of people close to her and she just keeps on going, man. Mm-hmm. And so this isn't a case of talking about, so if anything, I might be on, she might be uncomfortable with me talking about it. I don't know. Uh, I'm just talking about somebody because of the circumstances. It is so, it, it'll, it'll speak for itself whenever we can talk about it. Um, it's so impressive. It's so impressive. Not just what, even if she were just, you know, whatever she were doing, because she's dealt with some hell, but what she's doing, despite what she has dealt with, uh, makes it all the more impressive. Um, and so that is a great thing that you bring up when you ask for a Joe Strauss deep dive, because that is a big part of the story is his daughter. Uh, and she's brilliant and she's an incredibly hard worker. And man, I have, there is no limit to what she can accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as Joe, um, you know, when he came here, I think the goal of the post dispatch was to, and you got to keep in mind, Jackson, this was 20 years ago when he came here. Yeah. I think I was in a bus going from an airport to like a rental car lot or maybe a hotel with some people from the post dispatch. And I think we were in at Newark Airport for a Rams-Giants game, but we might have been in Charlotte for a Rams-Panthers game. Either way, I can picture it and the people who are talking. And they're like, yeah, they you know, want to bring somebody in who's going to be a little more hardcore on the sure. Cardinals and not just, you know, accept the company line. So I think they brought him in knowing that he would be willing to stir the pot. Right. And then I think as time went on, you know, I don't know if people remember this, he started as the Cardinal beat writer. Then he became a columnist, and I think they realized, and I don't know this, no one ever told me this, I think they realized he's so smart, and he presents a column like a case, like an attorney presents a case that we're not fully utilizing his ability by just having him cover the Cardinals. Not to say just covering the Cardinals isn't a big enough role, but he could be doing more. And that's when he started getting into things well beyond the Cardinals, and it was so great. It was so great. Um, and yet I bet so many people in St. Louis hated it. 
but I loved it because I'm like, this needs to be said. The things need to be said, whether it be regarding the Cardinals, whether it be regarding the Blues, whether it be regarding the Rams at the time, uh, certainly Missouri, uh, any portion of a fan base that has its head up its ass, he enjoyed poking that portion of the fan base. Yeah. So Cup Crazy was about Blues fans thinking the team was on the verge of a cup, and that's what he was mocking. Truman Up, after they would lose to take your pick of whatever butt-ass, was mocking the Missouri fan that thought they were on the verge of becoming Alabama uh, or in basketball, you know, Kentucky or Kansas. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) B-Fan was about, well, obviously, I don't even need to explain it. He created it. He coined the fucking phrase. Um, But with regards to, and didn't care. Yeah. So, Balloon Party, I guess I've backed into it. I find myself now on 101 ESPN where... I'm getting this whole new audience and this whole different kind. Like the TMA hate is passive aggressive that I honestly do think is in part rooted in some things that have nothing to do with necessarily a dislike of me, um, but rather some other things. The 101 ESPN hate, I just think that's just like the portion of St. Louis that just doesn't like anything that's changed, which is certainly a healthy portion of St. Louis. And then whatever style it is that that I have... They really don't like it. But then, as I say on that show, I'm at a point in my career where I don't care, which is nice. That is liberating. Yeah. Um, and when I say I don't care, I shouldn't say I don't care because I, I care, but I don't care about hate. Right. Which is one of the things that you at 24, whenever you get to that, it is, it's it's like the cloak yeah. of invincibility. Because then it's kind of like, okay, yeah. fuck off. As Gangster Pete told you, poignant words from the great Gangster Pete. What did he say? He said, never care about uh, people's opinions if they don't actually know you. Right. Like, if, they, if they've never met you, if they don't know you personally, right. their opinion should mean absolutely nothing to you. So, Strauss didn't care. And that made him, but again, I want to make sure he cared a lot about yeah. journalism and giving an honest opinion and then backing it up with facts or quotes. He cared about that, but he didn't give a shit. It's kind of like... You can't read an STL Today comments article and be, oh, man, I hope I won them over. Right. You don't want them on your side. Right. You don't want them on your side. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at some of the people I've been on the other side of in my radio career, and I'm like, I good. I mean, if I were all, if they if they were, like, endorsing me, I'd go, fuck, I must have fucked up. Yeah. Strauss didn't want the B-Fib to like his stuff. Uh-huh. He didn't want the Truman Up crowd to like his stuff. He didn't want the Cup Crazy. But he didn't go, oh, I hope you like me. He'd go, fuck you. Here's why you're wrong. Cup crazy. Truman up. You know, beef him. Right. That's what he liked. So, with regards to the 2011 team, what I believe he was going to do is, I don't know if he was going to write a book on it, but I believe had the Cardinals not gone on that run at the end of the 2011 season, I think, and there's no way for me to know, I think he knew that LaRusso was retiring. Mm-hmm. I don't know that, but at least maybe he had heard. Mm-hmm. And therefore, Duncan would be leaving. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. keep in mind, at that point, John Mazalak took over in 2007. Mm-hmm. 2007 was not a good year. 2008 mm-hmm. was not a good year. 2009, they were a great team, but they didn't win a playoff game. Right. And 2010 was not a good year. Uh-huh. So now you have another year, 2011. 
I think, and Joe never told me this, I think what he was anticipating was a new manager, a new pitching coach, and a new general manager. Uh-huh. And you would have had sweeping changes in the organization for the first time in I don't know how long. Yeah. Perhaps the end of the 70s and Whitey Herzog coming in. Um, that is what I believe. And in addition to, by the way, Albert Pools was a free agent. Yeah. And perhaps he had an idea that that wasn't going to wind up. Well, it depends on what your definition of going well is. If the Cardinals would have signed him to what the Angels would have signed him to, yeah, you know, that would have that wouldn't have been going well. Although the B-fibs would have were pissed off and they didn't sign him. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's who Strauss didn't really respect. I think, and I'm being One direct. Although to... I don't think there's a lot of the B-fibs who tune into this podcast. So doubtful. So I don't think I'm risking alienating. And as we just said a few moments ago, I don't really care. So that is what, and he's right. Yeah. But because the Cardinals went on that run, LaRusa was able to go out as a god. Yeah. And still is. Oh yeah. Uh Dave Duncan's situation was also, if you take yourself back to that time, his wife was ill mm-hmm. and would, would pass away. Uh Chris, of course, yeah. uh passed away. Now he passed away recently relative to his wife. Um but Mazalak would have been gone. Albert Pujols would have been gone. You would have had an organizational change that an organization that prides itself on stability and low turnover would have been swimming in waters that in the DeWitt era had not swum in. And, and to this date has not. It still no. hasn't happened. No. I mean, there's still John Mazalak is still here. Yeah, you've had the weird Schilt Marmol thing happen. But the, the same guys who were the battery in 2011, even though Wainwright was hurt, Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright, they're still here. And, oh, by the way, here's Albert Pujols as well. That's what this organization prides us. I'm telling you, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers of sport. Is there any, any NBA team? I would say the Spurs maybe yeah, would be something of past, like that. Of kind the, of a of recency, yeah, 100%. You know, they kind of just they just kind of keep going, and they yeah. kind of play in a way where I think people around the country go, oh, shit, they're back. I mean, I know the Spurs are now not right what nearly they are. what they were, but – that was kind of thing. Oh, the Cardinals are back. Fuck, you know. Here they are, Cardinal Devil Magic in the postseason. Here they are, and you just kind of expect it. Um, you know, I that's that's what I think for Alan Dadeville's purposes. That's what I think Strauss. And then it all changed because they went on that run. Yeah. But had they not gone on that run, I think Mazalek's out. We know Larusa was retiring either way. Uh, Duncan and Pujols, and you have this core that is. Gone. And Mazalek had been with the organization since the late 90s. LaRusse had obviously been with the organization since the mid-90s. Pools with the organization since 2001. And Duncan with LaRusse. So you would have had this huge change and perhaps in some capacity a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Because why would you have been holding on to some of those guys if that was a team that was, and that was, that was a kind of a middling team in mid-August. Mm-hmm. And then they become the world champions two, month, two and a half months later. So that's what I believe, Al. Um, he was working on uh, anything and, and, and one more thing Jackson uh, it would have been great to watch him cover the Blues oh, yeah, yeah. winning the Stanley Cup Yep. but the thing that I miss the most and is a miss for St. Louis and maybe it might be a miss nationally and it might sound hyperbolic but I, I really do feel this way because he never wrote for likes uh-huh. which is so important yeah. he never broadcast for likes uh his ability to cover the Rams and St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I also think had he been able to do that, there might have been some people, some people in St. Louis 
may have dodged some bullets because he wouldn't have given a shit. Right. The way it's been portrayed is it was all cronky, all cronky, all cronky. Mm-hmm. And I realized once 2013-ish, 2012-13-ish rolled around, it, it certainly was. Yeah. But I think there are there are some stories that will likely now never be told um, about St. Louis's lack of uh, activity uh-huh. on the St. Louis end from take your pick of whatever you'd want to start. And uh, I have talked about Dan Deardorff quoted in 2007, uh, before Stan Kroenke was the majority owner of the Rams, that if St. Louis doesn't get its act together, they're going to lose this franchise. That's 12 years after they came here. Yeah. And that's Stan Kroenke is a minority owner um, that I think Strauss would have covered because he would have been like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. This is the truth, and if it's the truth, then I'm going to write about it. Exactly. And you might not like it, but those he loved poking the beehive of the people who really haven't been anywhere beyond St. Louis. Right. Uh, right. The people who think the sun rises on the Mississippi River and it sets at 270. Yeah. That's who he loved because he knew it was so uh, ignorant, I guess. is right. Right, you know. I mean, right. but I don't think it's knowingly ignorant, I guess, by definition. That would be, you know, an oxymoron. Sure. Uh, but that he loved, you know. Yeah, you know, where have you traveled? Well, Kansas City and Chicago and the lake. Destin. Yeah. Okay, well... Have you ever been to New York? Have you ever been to Los Angeles? Have you ever seen California? Do you know that there are cities that actually have infrastructure and governments that are, you know, this place is going backwards. Yeah. And that would rock the worlds of the Cardinal fans in particular who, you know, worship the birds on the bat. And he's like, well, good, I don't really care. Right. You need to hear it. Yeah. That's what our town was about. Um, Hooterville. Is that the airport? Yes. <laughs> That's outstanding. I used to travel, and I'm not talking about my Las Vegas trips and uh, Florida trips. I'm talking about with KMOV, Doug and I would travel all the time. Yeah. And it's the only reason I am quote-unquote, and I will use it loosely, well-traveled, is my time at KMOV. That's it, because it really hasn't been radio. Uh, is my time at KMOV TV... And therefore, have been to, I guess, probably every top 25 market. And obviously, some places have teams that aren't top 25 markets um, to cover, whether it would be the Blues, Rams, or Cardinals. It's the only reason. It's not because of me having disposable income to just travel around. And when you would fly in and out of Lambert, and then you would land in these other airports, it would just be... Night and day. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, I know that there is efforts... There are efforts uh, to improve it, right? But you know, with with comparatively speaking, but it's one of those things St. Louisans can get awfully defensive about, mm. and that is one of the things. I mean, you know, you know, you land most likely in the Southwest Terminal, almost exclusively, and you have two. Uh, Luggage, baggage claim. Yeah, carousels. Carousels. Yeah, yeah. A little <laughs> dusty down there. Oh, my God. A little dusty down there. But, again, if if your scope of travel is Kansas City, Chicago, right. the Ozarks, Destin, you, you don't know. And, and, honestly, I say that because that was my scope of travel. I hadn't been further west 
then Lawrence, Kansas, until 1998. And I know to you, you're like, oh, that's the year I was born. That wasn't that long ago. Well, you were what? But I was 21. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I hadn't been to California until 2000, and I hadn't been to, to New York until 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still only been to Boston a couple of times. Miami was, you know, yeah, what, what is Miami? Well, it's Miami Vice. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so. You, and then you see, and then you go, oh wow, there's oh there's there's diversity, you yeah. know, there's 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 there are cranes all over these areas, you know, people are moving here, you know, they're not running here because the wrong type of person moved into the neighborhood, you know, that's and that's what he was that's what he was gleefully calling attention to, right, and that's missed, yeah, and so. You know, Diana and Alexis asked me to, I don't even know what the right word is. I didn't eulogize because a number of people eulogized Joe. I hosted the memorial service, for lack of a better term. And, I mean, so many people. Um, The DeWitts were there, and obviously he spent plenty of time going after them, but I know they respected him. uh, Because it was professional. It wasn't like... Right, it wasn't wasn't the wallet or that crap. Uh it was. I think they respected him in a major way. I remember Bill the Third came up to me afterwards. He goes, "Man, I, that that was because it was so good. Some of the stories you told because that typified who he who he was. Right. And the thing that you know, I don't really recall stories I told per se. I talked about his relationship with Brian because I thought they were two guys who were misunderstood. But I think Brian's was more rooted in people being fucking racist, yeah. just flat out fucking racists. I can, and I can't even imagine." The shit that Brian's widow, um, I have never said this before, but once again, you know, here we are. Uh, my plan was, and Alexis and I were working on it together, to do a, and start a um, sports journalism uh, scholarship dinner. Uh-huh called the Brian Burwell Joe Strauss dinner. Yeah. And at the time I was at I think I was at 920 actually. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, I think that's right I, Yeah, I mean the math would have been Yeah, I well, I can cuz I can picture where I was when I talked to um I think her name is Victoria Burwell, I think, Brian's widow. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously the Strausses were on board. Otherwise we wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been working with Alexis on it. And um, I remember talking to, maybe his daughter was Victoria. Either way, I, I think it was Dawn Burwell and Victoria's his daughter. That's what it was. And I remember talking to Dawn, and she said, I appreciate what you're trying to do, uh-huh. but I don't want it. Brian did not have a great experience in St. Louis. And we had a lot of things that we dealt with as a family, and it's just not something that yeah. I want to reopen. Sure. She was still in mourning, because mm-hmm. keep in mind, Brian died a year before, yeah, well, kind of almost a year uh-huh. to the day, actually. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't to the day, but it was right around the same time of year. I think both were December. Uh, one was 2014, yep, and, then Joe, and then Joe went up to eulogize Brian. Joe Strauss, this guy who comes off as... Right. Gruff as can be, really. And stands up there, and he can't get a word out. He's so emotional. 
Um, he loved him. that's that's Joe Strauss. Now that's yeah. the that's not the guy you, that Joe wanted anybody to see, but right. that's Joe Strauss. And he called me later that afternoon and said, "So, what do you think of the memorial service?" And I go, "Well, was, you know, I mean, there were a lot of people nationally who were there." Right. Um. And he goes, "Well, I kind of feel like I embarrassed embarrassed myself." I said, "Joe, Jesus, man!" I said, "That just, I mean, you said everything without saying anything." Right. right. So. They were super close, and I thought that would be a great thing. So I recall calling, I, I don't know if 590 was on the air at the time, and I'm not saying that, to, to, I think it really might have been off the air at the I time. I think it was. But I remember calling Haas at 101 ESPN. He was the programming guy at 101 ESPN at the time. I think Steve Moore is who I talked to at KMOX. Yeah. Um, I don't know where else I would have talked to, maybe somebody at, at KTRS. Mm-hmm. I don't know who it would have been. And... And then people, of course, at the Post-Dispatch, and they were on board at the Post-Dispatch. And I said, is everybody on board with this? Because I don't want to do it. And then say everybody's on board. Not everybody. Without, it, was, it was like, yeah, just, just let us know when and where, and, and we're going to get on board. Yeah. But Dawn did not want to do it. Yeah. And it just was, it, it just, I, I gather, it's not like Brian said it to me. Mm-hmm. I gather they dealt with some things that would probably shock people, actually. Uh-huh. Um. And she just didn't win any part of it. And I remember when we were at 920 and we put the show together with Brian and Joe, which meant I was hiring, and I did hire Brian Burwell and Joe Strauss. The email, and I didn't, I don't make it like I got 50 emails. I don't even know if I got 15. Yeah. But I got a number that it stood out to me. And the anger about hiring Brian Burwell was, it, it took me aback. That's crazy. Uh, because it was it was it was obviously bigoted. Yeah. Oh yeah. But as a white guy, what am I experiencing? Right. What that was. Right. Now I disagreed with a lot of Brian's columns. I thought some of them were just flat out wrong. Um, I think he still Joe you would give him shit about this column he wrote about Greg Zerline. You know, like being the although and I got to tell you, he wound up being right. Greg Zerline wound up being a big time great. player. Yeah. Just wasn't what people necessarily were thinking about the kicker. Uh, but, uh, that he was, but it it wasn't rooted. I'm like, well, he's black, so I can't agree with him. I just thought they were dumb, black, white, dumb. It doesn't matter. I don't give a fuck. Right. Uh, but I, what he dealt with, with his criticism, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it's just one of those things I can't, I can't relate to outside of that experience. What I can tell you is that's what, why that dinner never happened. And then that's why the Joe Strauss golf tournament did happen Mm -hmm. because we could do that and didn't have to have the Burwell's blessing. I remember talking to his daughter, Victoria, and she was, um, she was so grateful that we were doing this. uh, But she just was like, I just don't think my mom wants to do it. It just was, it, it it just, I don't know. I didn't, I don't know. It's, it's very, it's sad that he's not here. Mm -hmm. And it's sad that that is the lingering taste yeah. in uh, his wife's mouth following their experience in St. Louis. With regards to Joe, um, I recall, it's not tough to recall, it's a void that won't be replaced because he was a credible dissenter. Yeah. In 2022, and even when he passed away in 2015, and hell, it's it's like, glam- and I don't know if it's glamorized, but attention is paid to it. Just any voice now right. with a Twitter account, it can become an entire story. It actually, I feel like more stories are about, well, people on Twitter, there's right. backlash, there's outrage on Twitter. One Twitter user said, who the fuck is this person? <laughs> it's a burner account for some, right. you know, prick. Yeah. Uh, 
Joe had credibility, mm-hmm. was doing well for himself, and still would dissent in a market where it was not popular to dissent, but he would do it from a place of credibility. More credibility than I would. Mm-hmm. He's there. Yeah. I'm not there. I don't go in there anymore. Not because I'm like, oh, I'm scared of what the blues with the blues will be like, who the fuck's the short bald guy who looks like Pang? You know, that's and you know, the Cardinal when we're at spring training, I don't know who the fuck I am. Yeah. It's not like anybody cares. It's just I'm not there. He would go in and he would talk with people. And also, if people weren't happy with what he wrote or what he said, he would therefore be on the receiving end of it. Yeah. That is part of the game yep. for what he was doing. That's part of the game. So it was a voice of credible dissent, but it just wasn't limited to St. Louis. It is so missed. It will not be replaced. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, man, I, I was I was thinking, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get going here in a couple things. And then at 11.26, Jackson, and I don't know what time we started recording. It is now 12.32. So this was truly sent in like 15 minutes before we got going. Uh, I'm like, oh, my God, Joe Strauss deep dive QFT. I'm like, it doesn't matter. what Whatever the email says, this is going to get me going. Because right. it leads to so many different topics. And I'm, just, I'm grateful that Al brought up Alexis because um, my involvement, Anna Marie's involvement, I think that that's that's not that's not where it's at what where it's at is who alexis is how smart she is and her aspirations she is you know sometimes i've talked about it on 101 in particular about these traits of people just being hungry and will not settle Mm -hmm. and that's great um but you also have to have some ability too right you know right well she has the ability and she also has the ambition and therefore you can, and I know what some of the things is that she's interested in winding up doing. I'm like, I couldn't possibly tell you no because I've seen you overcome adversity. And I know you have the raw talent, and on top of it, you have the ambition. She is a force. Yeah. She is a force. And Diana, and if Joe were here, uh, he would be very proud. And Diana, I'm certain, is very proud and should be. So I'm glad that Al brought her up, not because of my involvement um, with her but because she is a force and she as an individual deserves credit for what she has done. Uh, she is, especially in what she's dealt with. Can you imagine, Jackson, watching your father pass away when you're 18 years old? Uh, going from completely healthy at the start of the year to gone at the end of the year. Brutal. And you're, you know, when she had all kinds of options for colleges, she chose Missouri because she wanted to be close to her dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she's lost grandparents since then, a close family friend since then. I mean, it's been, it Brutal. has been, it's, it's like one after the other, after the other, after the other. And yet here she just keeps, I can't wait. I got to have her in studio whenever she makes this decision that she's going to make it. You'll go, oh my God, Yeah. I don't know, you know, it's not for me to say, but what she has on the table is so impressive. And Joe, I, I miss him. Um, it's when I say it's a void that, that can't be replaced. That is not a shot at anybody at all. Um, he just was so unique in that he, you know, oftentimes people who aren't telling it like it is get labeled as their, they just like, guy who tells it like it is. I'm like, well, he's not, (laughs) he'll say unpopular shit. But it's not real. <laughs> yeah, for the sake of saying yeah. something. So in your mind, it is what it is. So he's confirming your your preconception of what it is. Sure. And he's like one of the only people, you know, who's willing to say it. But it isn't. Joe actually did. And then he would back it up with evidence and or quotes and kind of didn't give a fuck. He was actually a tell it like it is guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a good guy. And I remember with regards to Brian, I remember being in the airport 
heading down to Atlanta for the 2014 Missouri-Alabama SEC Championship. And Claiborne called me. And he goes, how you doing, man? I think he was kind of doing what Strauss did. It was, I think it was like the day after the memorial service. I, I you know, and Claiborne does this. And God, I'd like, I mean, I've, any conversation I have with Mike Claiborne, I would just like to record and post <laughs> as a podcast because yeah. it's just, it's something else. I'd rather just text him just to get on the phone with him because it always is something else. Um, and I go, he goes, that was something else yesterday. Was I remember Claiborne was walking around downtown and I think we were hosting an event and he walked into our event with Charlie Steiner. I don't know if they, he's from ESPN. Now he's the voice of the Dodgers. Okay. And he has this famous ESPN, this is Sports Center commercial, follow me, follow me to freedom. Just he's this, you know, kind of character, so to speak. And he's just with Claves. And he's just with Claves <laughs> because, of course. Right. And Claves, and I go, man, that was a great memorial service. Like I said, it's a shame in a way that it wasn't broadcast because then specifically these fucking bigots yeah. would realize you might have whatever thing you have with the uh, black community or black people, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is. I don't know how it, how it gets there. Uh, but you missed on, you missed on this one. And then well, I didn't say you missed on Claiborne goes, yeah, he goes, I think, uh, I think some people got that one wrong. Didn't they? They missed on that one. Didn't they? And I go, you that sums it up perfectly. Yeah. yeah. So your loss, fuck off, you know, keep right. writing your ignorant shit. But, uh, he was a great guy. Didn't agree with many of his columns, right. but I wasn't like, well, look at the black man's columns. I was like, nah, I just disagree. Right. You know, we had an argument, not an argument. Actually, I think we had what I would consider a discussion. It was a discussion. He was all in favor of ESPN firing Rush Limbaugh in 2003, I believe it was, for saying that the media had been, I believe the term was desirous of a black quarterback succeeding specific to Donovan McNabb, uh-huh. which it's funny in 2022, 19 years removed, there's no doubt in my mind, whoever says that they'd be fired. Now this yeah. is Rush Limbaugh. So it came with some context. And I think Brian, he's not here to defend himself. I think Brian, uh, had a bias uh-huh. against Rush Limbaugh, not probably shocking to people listening to this. It's not like Rush Limbaugh was my guy. Right. Um, but then at the same time, it's not like Rachel Maddow's my gal, you right, know, it's, right. it's just, that's not usually where I am on things. Uh, and, uh, I remember we were Rams park and I think he had written a column and, and maybe I'd heard him on the radio too. And I said, I just want to try and get an understanding of why you think that was the right thing. Because in my opinion, he's just giving his opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think it's dangerous if we start censoring opinions and we had and we i remember we were on a picnic bench just on an afternoon just me and him and he disagreed with where i was coming from and i'm you know at that time shit man 26 uh but i was really curious and i certainly respected his opinion but i disagreed on it and it wasn't done brian burwell's gonna come in here and we're gonna discuss his column on rush limbaugh and donovan McNabb. that's coming up next embrace debate yeah uh, that's because to me then it's a show i really was curious yeah and wanted to hear where he was coming from. And it was a great conversation. And uh, he was just a just a great, great guy. But I think you can tell he was a great guy. Strauss, you had to get to know to realize he was a great guy. And, uh, man, I'm telling you this also, and I'll wrap it up here because I'm getting a read. You either have to piss or you have other things to do because we have TMA Live. And either way, I know I've been going forever. Uh, those two guys doing a show together, and with Charlie Marlowe running point, 
was a show that had they, you know, Brian got sick and then a year later Joe got sick. Had they not gotten sick, that's a show that you could have put in afternoon drive or morning drive, doesn't matter, uh, in drive time, point being. Um, and that could have been a, a staple in St. Louis sports radio for as long as they wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. It was great. Charlie was the perfect point man, and he set those guys up. And it was, it was, it, I, I, there were obvious part in the interruption comparisons because they're two columnists who have a great relationship. And one's black and one's white, and you know, mm-hmm. one's a curmudgeon. So obviously, it, it, it makes right, right. It, the, and the comparisons, you know, they make sense. They do. Um, but it was so good because they all, the both of them weren't afraid to poke the beehive in St. Louis. So you wouldn't, that's what I say I miss so often. Like somebody's opinion on a topic, I can't wait to read it. Well, what you now have for the most part in media is you already know what they're going to say, but they're just going to confirm the thing that you want to hear. Right. And if somebody's going to say something you don't like, you don't want to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Bill Maher had a lot of fans three years ago who now hate him. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's what I loved about those guys. And uh, that was a hell of a show. And it was only on for a few weeks. Um, but that was a hell of a show. And, uh, yeah, man. Great email by Alan Dadeville, who I almost right there called Flip Wilson. <laughs> you, did you see the I F? Saw, did you see I the saw F your, uh, yeah, your embouchure change. Um, and uh, tip of the cap. Because that you, get, you got a deep dive. And uh, I don't know. It puts, it puts me in a good place. It also puts me in a sad place. Because they're not here. And um, in particular with Joe, and it's not, that's not as a shot at Brian, but I would really love, I, and I think Alan Dadeville's talking about, like he, he, this was sparked by watching the Cardinal game and not recognizing guys. That would truly be intriguing to see how he would cover that. Yeah. You know, the, the Cardinal offensive struggles this year, I did talk about in the offseason. Yeah. I absolutely did. And I remember catching shit for it. I'm going... Yeah, I mean, these guys in the outfield, okay, but, I mean, they only did it one year, and I'm just not, I mean, you're, you're now talking about Harrison Bader, and the way you're talking about Harrison Bader, and you weren't talking about him a year ago, and okay, if you think that, you know, they didn't need a shortstop, but we'll see. It's Adam Wainwright's last year. It's Yadier Molina's last year. They didn't really do anything. They got Stephen Matz, and everybody's really high on it around here. I don't fucking get it. I guarantee you Strauss would have been hammering that. Oh, guarantee yeah. you he would have been hammering it. And now, you know, but he's credible. I'm pervert boy, you right. know. So I'm just oh well, fuck him. He talks about porn stars, you know, and he he likes to have sex, you know. That this this group, uh, he he would have been all over it. He would have been all over the Rams thing, and I would have been really curious how he would have covered the Blues thing. Um, and I don't, and I also don't think he would have been as high on the drink train. Oh boy, <laughs> God, that I like to hear him on drink. Oh, the dump truck alone. Oh, I don't think he would have been as high, and he because he would have known because that would have been perfect for him. First off, he would have been really high on it. He would have seen through it, and and then considering it's the perfect story, it's a it's a Strauss special. The Missouri fan is super high on him. And Strauss is not, and then he would have just been going at it left and right. <laughs> right, and then just had, it would have been a picture book too, with oh. the dump truck and the oh. helicopters to the local high school oh games. Oh my God! Hashtag drink up or something like that. I yeah. don't know, but it would have been, uh, it would have been glorious. And I, yeah, there's just you can't replicate it because he was a super smart guy. Yeah, who was kind of wasting his talent in this business, but we were we were the better for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Munganass, the sponsor of the podcast, the great Jamie Burkhardt, the great Clayton Patterson. It's Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota. Go online at stlouisacura.com. Go online at 
AltonToyota.com, and you can work with Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson for new cars, for used cars, for getting your car service. It's Munganast, St. Louis Acura. And design air, heating, and cooling. If you're running into any issues with your air conditioning, all you got to do is go online at designairservice.com, and now you are working with the absolute best in Seth Goldcamp. You click book now, and now you are hooked up. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling. Designairservice.com. You're running air conditioning problems. You're working with the best. Design Air Heating and Cooling. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. Thank you, Alan Dadeville, who is yes, not Flip Wilson. Not Flip Wilson. You, uh, you, got, you got my mind going, and that was a, that, that put me in a good spot. Hope the people enjoyed the deep dive. I'll, I'll do deep dives. I'll do episode 500. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think. Here's what people would want. The Albert Pujols, Jack Clark thing. That's what uh, people would want. Yeah. And that impossible. That ain't happening. That impossible. That it's been a happen. decade. It's still ain't happening. Yeah. There may come a time. I also would tell you this about it. It isn't all that titillating, actually. Right. Yeah, there are, there are some things, but nobody knows about some of the things that I was privy to. Um, that would be the one. But I can tell you that didn't happen. Uh, so I don't know. Come up with another one. And I'll deep dive a, for episode 500. This is like a thing podcasts usually do. Right. Maybe like an erotic story extravaganza. Like we give people. So it's just going to be deep talking about different places he beat off. Well, that'll certainly be involved, but we give people like a month and a half to make up all of these stories. <laughs> and then they send it in. We just read them all and comment. Oh, here's some porn fiction from the, <laughs> the listeners. Here's two guys, two white guys, <laughs> one of them in the mid 40s, one in the mid 20s, <laughs> just reading yeah, erotica. It is super hot. Hey, do you listen to that Tim McKernan show? Yeah. Guys listen to it to pleasure themselves. It's unreal. (laughs) All right, time for us to shut it down for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the Tim McKernan Show podcast from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios on the Inside STL slash TMASTL podcast network. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.